0: Uh, Welcome, everyone, back to the Train 2.0 show. It's been a really long time, uh, but I'm excited to have our special guest, Spencer White, calling in. You might know him as the Downhill Skater on Instagram and YouTube and anything else. Spencer, am I missing anything else?
1: I think that's it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you all for listening and getting the Train 2.0 show back on track. It's an exciting time, and I look forward to speaking to Jason and talking to all of you.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you. So, um, Spencer, give us a little backstory on you. Like, where are you from? When did you start playing hockey? Why did you start playing hockey? Love to hear a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I started playing hockey, you know, like a lot of Canadian kids, as soon as I could walk. Um, I think my first skate was at three years old, you know. And since age of five, I was registered in, you know, mag hockey, and played all the way till junior and still play now. And right now I'm turning 24, so it seems like I'm getting up there, but I still got a lot of hockey left to play. Um, So yeah, so that's how I started. And, you know, growing up, I wasn't like, I wasn't a high-end player. I I wasn't a low-end player either. I was really like a middle-class, middle-tier player. And through, you know, what I learned that training 2.0, I've been able to, you know, take my game to that next level, although still always trying to learn and progress.
0: Well, and let's kind of go to that moment, like what got you into Train 2.0? Do you remember like the video and like what kind of stood out to you?
1: Yeah, so we'll backtrack a little. So it was my second year junior where I really got into like skating and working on my game. And it was actually a video from the iTrain Hockey guy. Okay. So yeah, so I was, you know, just on the YouTube rabbit hole and I found this video, that, the edge work Intensive. So I watched that. I was like, you know what? This is what I need. I need to work on my edge work and I'm going to be a revolutionized player. So that was, I think, in October. So I had the the ODR season coming up and obviously I went to the ODR, worked on my edge work and
0: I got better. By the way, I'm so jealous. But anyway, we'll keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no problem.
1: So, you know, I got better with that. And after about probably a year and a half of working on my own and trying to figure it out, you know, through, different youtube videos and all that stuff i i guess came came uh, came across train 2.0 and i don't know the exact video but i know that when i joined all i wanted to do was improve my cross under so i think you had a video whatever maybe it was on the cross under maybe mcdavid cross under i was like if this guy's anything that could help my cross under i'll pay the membership i'll just go through the entire course and i think you had an offer like if you get the year you could cancel after three days right i think that was the offer so i was like you know what i'll pay for the year i don't care i'll read everything i'll watch all the videos then cancel and obviously i didn't cancel after that but yeah that's really what got yeah so that's what got me into it and it was just like trying to figure it out my own and just not being able to you know like there was something missing and i kind of found that through you
0: well that's really cool and i think i think that uh I think we still have that offer, but, um, that gets a yeah, lot. Of, don't counsel though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people I think come in with that mindset, like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll just watch as much as I can in three days. And they see there's a bit more to it than that. So, um, that's really cool. Exactly. Um, what started you on the downhill skater journey? Cause like you came in, you started learning you were always, um, I, I remember like you, you'd come in and, uh, you know you're always asking questions and like really good questions you'd be like does does McDavid actually kind of like have pressure on his heel here and I'd be like you know you're right like you're right about that and uh and just these really observant questions um and then all of a sudden you kind of you started your the downhill skater journey so like what prompted that
1: yeah I think it's exactly what you said like I had a lot of ideas in my head and i just wanted a platform that I could share them. And I felt like YouTube was the best because you know, you could structure it exactly how you want. You could deliver your message exactly how you want. And I just had these ideas of a head and I'm sure you had it too, where it's like your mind's going and like you want to you want to get it out there, you know. Like I'll just be sitting on my house just thinking about these videos, thinking about ideas and concepts. And I'll see a video and be like, oh, I want to talk about that. But obviously I, I didn't have anywhere to do that. So that kind of got me into it and then. Initially, it was just about like sharing my journey and what I was working on. Um, I had like the journey to mechanics mastery series, but that I felt just like kind of crippled me creatively because like the videos I had to make were on what I was doing, and like what I'm doing is not always exciting or it's not always the ideas that come to my head, right? So I kind of got away from that, and just the ability to share, you know, what's in my head and come up with new observations and all that stuff that you said is really what got me into it.
0: I love that so it's like kind of a, a bit of a creative outlet for you
1: yeah exactly and just a platform being able to you know like script it exactly how I want get my message exactly the way I want it like even on these you know live platforms you can't really get the exact precision like you do in a YouTube video right I just yep. show it through visuals and
0: all that stuff and
1: make sure my message is as clear as possible.
0: Yeah. And that like really, you know, stood out and, and uh, for those that don't know, uh, Spencer has begun uh, editing, uh, doing post-production on the train 2.0 videos because that, you know, really stood out is that it, it, and what, what became clear was it's not just about the visual or the verbal it it's about how does that intersect and how does that uh, all work together to, to, craft a really clear picture, and it's very hard to argue with, uh, you know, some of the things that you present because of the way you present it, um, which I think is is really incredible. How do you think you developed that style?
1: Yeah, you know, I spent, like, a, a lot of time looking for the right clips and the right, you know, video to show, so kind of just, just, like, taking my time with it and making sure that the clips I use show exactly what I'm saying. So sometimes, you know, you could get away with like just a clip that's like kind of similar, but it's like, when I talk about heel pressure, I want a clip that shows heel pressure. You know, I want it to be the most obvious heel pressure example that you could see. And you could obviously get that. And then once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. So it's, and obviously through that, I've built, you know, a library as well of clips that I could go through. So, so now it's not that hard to find the right clip, but a lot of time looking for that right clip It's kind of what got me into that. Um, yeah,
0: I hear you. That was a big problem uh, for me. Uh, when I started for at the time, like when I started, there was like not great kind of video hosting platforms and and uh, it was very hard to to kind of keep those things organized. And that's, I guess what led you to to build the mechanics library. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and like share? Um, you know, why you started it and then like where people can find more about that?
1: Yeah, so I think I, well, for people who don't know, I have my own mechanics clip library. So it's organized by the mechanics that we use at Train2.0. And I have hundreds of clips in there, NHL examples um, of all the mechanics that we use organized in a way that you could follow efficiently and also a search feature. So if you're looking for a Crosby 10 and 2, you could just search up Crosby 10 and 2 and find it. Um, also you know, I listed different, all the mechanics used in mm-hmm. each clip. So if you're looking for a 10 and two to punch turn, you know, you could search out 10 and two punch turn, you'll find a clip just like that. So what got me into it was one, I had a lot of clips or unorganized. So it's kind of like, sometimes you have the clip in your head, you know, it's like, I've seen that before Yeah, yeah, yeah. now I got to find it, you know, now I got to find it. So just having organized for myself personally, and then also having that resource for other people because I know other people want to study these they want to look at the clips and it's not always easy you know trying to find clips you could obviously go on YouTube but it's a lot less efficient and the way I have it especially broken down um, by the mechanics we use it makes it a lot easier for just everyone to study the mechanics and breakdowns and also have clips to compare to their own game as well so it was kind of both for me and for everyone else to study and and take this mechanical approach and the scientific method that you talk about as well.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I think, uh, um, it, it it is very organized and you're also an accounting student, right?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I get, and I got to say, like, I think accountants get a a bad rap, but, um, like I, I love my accountants (laughs) (laughs) because they're so organized and, and, um, uh, did any of that translate for you kind of like what's needed to be organized as an accountant um and and also like in this process was did that translate at all or was that not a connection you made
1: maybe indirectly maybe now that you said it I'll, I'll find the connection but initially right. I, I don't think so okay. I think it was just it was just a need that I
0: had and you even
1: still I have, I have so many clips like not in there that I was still still going
0: through but yeah fair enough no I, I was curious about that because yeah for, that's the first thing I noticed about once I started working more closely with accountants, I was like, wow, like everything is organized. So maybe it's a personality trait. I don't know, but um, uh, I just noticed that. Um, and then where can people find that?
1: I think we have the course on the Trade 2.0 website under yep. mechanics clip library. So where you can become a Trade 2.0 member, if you're not already definitely become a Trade 2.0 member. You could also find the mechanics library.
0: Right. Um, cool um and then one of the uh questions I had too was like what what's the biggest thing you've learned since beginning the whole downhill skater journey
1: on social media you think or just yeah by skating yeah biggest thing I learned I mean there's so many things you could talk about but I think just just doing it you know like getting out there I think the hardest part the hardest part is just starting and continuing Yeah. So I think the biggest thing like if anyone wants to start social media and do anything like what's there to learn is like learn as you go like just just start figure it out and you know the lessons will come hard and they'll come quick
0: as well. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> couldn't agree more. Um, and like maybe on like the the ho- like the the hockey mechanics side like um what it, what has become what has become more clear to you um, as, you know, not just on the social media side, but like kind of going through the social media side, did that help your your hockey mechanics at all?
1: Yeah, I think like, especially at the beginning when I was doing the, the Journey to Mechanics Mastery Series, you know, if you're sharing your progress and um you gotta, you know, you gotta talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk, right? So when I make videos and stuff, if I'm like talking hockey, if I'm telling you these concepts and I'm telling you what Connor McDavid's doing, I have to be putting skin in the game. I have to be doing it myself. So being just involved in hockey, even through making content, whatever, forces me, even though I don't really need that that forcing, but it forced me to continue developing my game as well. Because I don't think you could just be like some, I'm not a guru, but you can't be some guru on the internet saying all these things that all these players are doing and you're not at least putting some effort, you know, to do that yourself and apply it yourself. If you can't, obviously physically. Um, So I just like, keeping my mind in hockey, right. And keep progressing my game as well as my content.
0: I got I agree. Cause you know, all of a sudden the stakes just get, a, I wouldn't say a little bit higher. They get a lot higher. Cause I remember actually uh, when I did the Patrick Kane challenge, like I kind of just like thought it, I was like, okay, this would be cool. This would be um, you know, cool to do. And then I just did the first one. And I'm like, you know, I know the theory, blah, blah, blah. Like I should put some skin in the game. And I did the first one <laughs> and I was like, oh, this might be harder than I thought, but I was like, but I got to do it. And, um, uh, it really pushed me. And I think like to this day, like the, um, what, what I got pushed to do, I ended up kind of building the the backbone of, of precise puck control. Um, so that was, uh, you know, it's always good to be pushed. What kind of, yeah. um, what kind of like for me, like I, I, ended up learning things like what was the cane drag? How is that different from, like the Crosby curl and vectoring versus quick handles? What kind of mechanical gems have you got out of uh, the process?
1: Um, I mean, I did like the the McDavid uh, warm up stick handling, so that was yeah. one video that I didn't really plan on doing it myself. I don't, I don't really care to be able to do that, but I saw it and I was like, oh, this is something I could break down and learn. So I kind of have to learn that mechanic that pattern, um, for the video really, um, also coming eventually will be a spinorama progression. So I kind of had to force myself to, to improve my own spinorama, trying right. to make that progression as well. Um, and then there's one other thing that I, probably won't be a video. Um, but I've been looking at the outside edge leg on, or outside edge leg, inside edge on the crossover, obviously. Mm, yeah. So there's been some observations there, which I think we'll need video to to really dive deeper into that maybe we can discuss that later but i had an interesting observation in that and maybe i'll maybe i'll make a video on that but maybe not so a couple things mostly it's like you have the idea and you want to make a video but you're like i need to be able to do this before i can tell other people that this works or they can do this right Um, so those those are three things i would say
0: cool i love that
1: um yeah and also like when when you're making hockey content especially mechanics wise people then look at your game with a fine tooth comb you know yeah
0: like, true
1: are you gonna see a, i see the comments on your videos, like talking about your mechanics too it's like if you're talking it you're saying you know like these are the pros that's what they're doing people are looking at you you know to emulate that as well right. um, so that's also an important part of developing my own game as well
0: totally yeah it's uh the trolls come out they come the out. trolls definitely come out they definitely come out Um, but yeah, and that's probably the hardest part, right? Have you had, uh, how, how was that emotionally for you? Like, I know when I first started, um, train 2.0, like, um, and I like kind of intentionally made some, uh, content that was controversial, um, like to basically get clicks and views (laughs) and it, and it, and it worked reasonably well, but, um, you know, the trolls came out and it, and it wasn't, didn't feel good. It was like, you know, you'd have like one. You'd have like 12 great comments and then you'd have one that would just kind of ruin your day. How how's that been for you?
1: Yeah. So I think like at the start, since I was small, it's like the trolls, they kind of they stayed behind, you know, the they only go for the big channels, right? It's like right. if you have like a hundred subscribers, the trolls usually stay away from you. But right. when I posted the Bedard video, that was the first time I think like like a video blew up. I think it's like it's over a hundred thousand views. Yeah. It's not a video I particularly love like anyways. No- yeah. So um, then the trolls came out and, you know, for me, it's like prior, like before, like the initial trolls, when I first started getting trolls, I answered some of them, you know, like responding back, trying to be positive, obviously. Um, (laughs) And and like, people don't change their mind. You know, I think think one guy was like, you know what, you made a good point. So I'll just take that win. And from now on, like, I don't really respond, respond to any of the troll comments. And for me, like emotionally wise, it's like, I kind of answer it in my head. Like they, they get me going, like I'll read a comment and like, maybe I disagree with whatever they say or they're trolling. And it's like, instead of responding, I'm like thinking of that for hours, like, oh man, if I, I could say this, you know, I'll get them. But, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. know if I do, it's like, that won't change anything at all. Like they'll just come back with another argument, whatever. And it's like the least productive conversations in the entire world. So it kind of like my mind just, just gets going after reading those comments and like I want to respond but like uh, I know I know I shouldn't and then and then I inevitably do, I don't.
0: Yeah it's uh um that's good that's good discipline man um I think I got into a few battles but um after you realize a while,
1: really quick yeah you can't win there's no winning
0: there is no winning there is no, no um yeah especially when it's not like productive and you can tell right away when yeah. it's like someone actually has a question and like exactly. it's to understand versus um yeah they're like trying to just make a comment um but uh yeah, yeah really exactly. cool. but like i'm looking at your video right now and i think a lot of a lot of comments are positive so you'd have to like look pretty far to to find yeah. the, the trolls i but, stopped
1: looking i stopped looking at those comments
0: yeah, they're just look, theory, yeah. Man. there's 128k views on this video and it's for those that don't know it's bedard's combine results are in dot 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 they're bad and i think i
1: clicked that was a yeah that was a clickbaity title i'm gonna admit that right now but that was like the that's the meta of hockey videos right now like if the whole entire hockey world is making videos like that yeah hockey psychology all that which i love that channel too but like that's the meta. short videos voiceover quick edits obviously good content clickbaity title thumbnail like that's that's the key right there that's a 100,000 views easy yeah
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah no it's uh um that great video so if people haven't seen it you should check it out um i remember that popped right up on my feed i went oh click 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 i
1: exactly. didn't even know
0: it was yours yet i was just like oh, that's a great thing let me watch and then i was like oh spencer that's great yeah. i
1: i almost responded on a comment uh, on that video today but i held back as well yeah <laughs> like one of the one of the biggest comments on that video is like comparing the Tom Brady combine to, like, Bedard. Right. Like, oh, Brady had a bad combine, and I kind of said Bedard had a bad combine, um, and Tom Brady is obviously the best football player of all time. But, like, I think the difference, I'll address it right here, is, like, Bedard is going in as a generational prospect. Like, theoretically, he should be the best at this exact moment compared to his competitors, Where whereas Brady, he was became the best player later on. Like, he didn't come into the combine as the best player, you know? So I think that's like a difference that I didn't, I didn't respond to any of the comments saying that, but if you did comment that and you watch this video, that's my response.
0: That's the response. Yeah. Love, it. love it. Addressing the, addressing the feedback. It's been addressed. <laughs> yeah. um, what sort of like, love to hear, this is a bit of a broad question, but we'll see, see how we do. We can always whittle it down, but um, like, what's your philosophy on, because uh, I feel like there's some philosophical underpinnings of like, and you've touched on it, but w- why you're sharing it publicly, um, you know, you're contributing back to a community. Um, what are sort of the philosophical underpinnings of this journey for you?
1: Yeah, that is that is a good question. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, like you said, giving back because um, I was in that position that a lot of people were, you know, when I first started before Trade 2.0. I was looking at YouTube videos. I was trying to figure it out on my own, and I know a lot of people are still there, so I'm just kind of trying to give back and do the same for other people that were in my shoes. So in terms of philosophy, philosophy, it's just you know getting it out there and being positive. You know, I try to be as positive as I can towards the game, and you know, tension free in in mindset and play, but also in how you you respond to people, how you deal with people as well in a calm, cool, collected manner. Um, yeah, so I don't know exactly. I'd have to I'd have to think deeply about my philosophy, but it's it's just given it back to the people, you know, and being positive contribution to the hockey world.
0: No, I like that. I well, I like that tension free while you're playing, but also in the in how you're showing life, up to the yeah. hockey community. I like that. That's that's cool. And life, yeah. Um <clears throat> and then taking it from very conceptual and philosophical let's make something actionable like what is what would be like your most actionable advice for let's say ooh, let's do this let's let's have your most actionable advice for uh beginner players right now like players that are just learning um like just getting into the downhill journey what would be your most actionable advice there corkscrew corkscrew yeah. a lot
1: no. <laughs> yeah. um I think the biggest thing, for especially for beginner players, is getting that control in the ankles. So I would say, obviously, do your corkscrew, the main three mechanics, your corkscrew, your outside edge roll, and um, your 10-2 or stutter. I think for beginner, you're probably looking at the stutter. But me, trying to do those like, auxiliary drills that we have in the Train to Go Membership course on ankle freedom, ankle mobility, being able to control your ankles side to side, forward and back. That's probably the biggest thing that, you know, I didn't have as well. And then most beginner players are just stiff, stiff ankles. Mm -hmm. And obviously you're making the series on, on how to scale like Matthews. So um, become a member to see that where we go more deep into ankle control mobility. Um, So really focusing a lot on ankle movement um, in those three mechanics, the corkscrew, the outside edge roll and the stutter
0: step what have you noticed for yourself as you've gotten more mobility in the ankles? What has like been the benefit for you? What have you noticed?
1: Like my lateral movement is so much easier. I mean, I could just cut any way I want at any time. Um, Being, and it just like, it's effortless, you know, especially on the inside edge, you know, you just let your ankle go and boom, you're, you're on a different arc and you know, you left your opponent in the dust. Um, And for me, like the biggest mechanic that I found benefit in with having, you know, um, more improved ankle mobility and control has been the 10 and two. Mm. I find like the, like when I feel my ankles are stiff at all, immediately I go work on my 10 and two and like, they're good to go. Just the, cause in the 10 and two, you have to get so, you know, so much collapsed ankle and you really feel the skate pushing against the boot or your foot pushing against the skate. Mm. Um, so that right there is like, like if I need to work my ankles, boom, 10 and two, and it's good. And, and, Ankle control has helped me most, I would say in my tenant and my lateral movement.
0: Yeah. When I I I uh it's been surprised it, it continues to surprise me. Cause even like as I watch NHL and then I like adopt it myself, I'm like surprised by how much control I actually end up with. And I'm realizing after I do after I do a movement, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just cut that hard to the left and and I didn't used to do that. So it's, um, ankle mobility is definitely a, uh, uh, like just so helpful. Yeah, um, and, yeah, sorry, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say like right now, kind of been struggling with that. Cause I actually had a high ankle spray like a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my ankle right now, my, my left ankle is not, not in pristine condition. Um, so I've kind of been dealing with that and kind of getting back my mobility and, and especially, Collapsing in because it was like a high ankle sprain. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, just putting that out there that I've now felt the difference between what mobility. having good yeah. ankle yeah. control mobility, being able to just relax on that edge. And now, like, I'm still playing right now, but I'm not quite at my max range of motion. I could feel the difference, you know, in my play. And like, no one else can see it. Like, I'm back playing games, but like, I know that I'm not at 100%. But you know like to the to the general masses like the ankle mobility that i have right now like the y angle you'd say that i have now is like what most players have but i know that it should be better you know i know how it feels like to be even better than that um so i've kind of been working through that rehabbing my ankle
0: Makes sense you know it's funny is when i was younger i remember um one of my i think i must have been in bantam or something and um uh, one of my teammates like broke his ankle, and at the time I was like, "How in the world would you break your ankle playing hockey?" Because for me, my ankles were just up, <laughs> straight upright, and they didn't move. Like I like in my head, I was like, oh, "I shouldn't really move my ankles," and um, and so yeah, it was just like absolutely bizarre to me how someone could ever like twist an ankle <laughs> playing hockey. <laughs> um, and then I realized now, you know, now after the study and the work and, and, and look, it like, yeah, I can see how you can twist an ankle or break an ankle because you're trying, you there's so much mobility there, but you just couldn't, you just couldn't see it before. I couldn't see it because I was looking at watching, you know, hockey on a 20 inch Panasonic TV uh, mm-hmm. at 7. PM once or twice a week. Right. So that was kind of, you can see it now, but um, you couldn't see it then. And it was just an absolute mystery to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a mystery to me to me too until I found you so
0: yeah (laughs)
1: I'm I'm glad you got a bigger tv
0: (laughs) yeah well bigger tv and youtube and all those things um my my, um second last question for you um is like and I know you know you're not trying to pretend to be a pro but I would I'm just curious to know from from your standpoint what advice would you give to like a fourth line NHLer to improve their 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 skating
1: their skating in particular i think you know fourth line nhl i think you've touched on this a lot they have you know basic they have the basic pillars right they probably have shin ankle they probably have heel pressure and usually those are more physical guys you know they're probably in good shape they probably have the muscular endurance all that stuff so for them it's about relaxing you know i think it would be this very similar advice to a beginner player would be relax those ankles eliminate that tension because usually those players are more you know they're the grinders they're holding all that tension in their body so my advice to them would be relax right and relax while implementing and working on your fundamental mechanics yeah so very similar advice to you know a beginner player but more so like taking a higher level approach obviously you're a pro player you need to be dialed in on your systems all that stuff um yeah
0: got it cool um
1: but what's your answer to that i think people want to know <laughs> uh,
0: i think in terms of like a fourth line i i i think it would be kind of i'd give a bit more of like a a belfry ask um approach i think i think the first thing i would do is i'd look at a fourth liner and just do a bit of an audit to are shying away from or not doing uh so um And I've like done this a few times for players. And um, so for example, they might really not use their outside edge very much, or they might never use a soft drag, or they might not stutter, or they might not be able to 10 and two. Um, And and then, so you just go to work on that. It might be like one of the nine, you know what I mean? Like just one that they don't use or they don't feel comfortable with. Because if you made it to NHL, you probably are doing most of them correctly. So I'd do a quick audit on that. And then, and then if they felt comfortable in all of them, then it would be a bit more like situational based. So then it would be like, okay, um here is this mechanic, here is the word for it. And in this situation, um you should use this. And then and then you kind of coach them on when to use what mechanic. But first you have to establish that language mechanic kind of uh fit so that you and them are speaking the same language and so that you're not just saying some sort of stuff and they don't know what in the world you mean Um, and then you would kind of systematically with them work work through hey like you know you're losing puck protection because you're not getting on your outside edge or here you're um not using a soft drag or a corkscrew instead you're just going to an outside edge and blah 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 so that would be how um I would work with uh, like, yeah, third, fourth liners who are aiming to make their way up.
1: And that's why you're the expert. That was a very thorough answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you've got some, you've got uh, a really good point too. Um, and then my, there's a tricky one. I don't know if I'll, we'll see how you do with this. I might ask all, because one thing I want to do with this uh, sh- show, by the way, <laughs> is I want to interview I want to like get to the best coaches, and I would like to interview them. Um, That'll be kind of my goal, um, and uh, I'd love to like ask each of them this question: like, what advice would you give to? I, I'm going to go with McDavid. What what skating advice would you give to McDavid? It's a tough question.
1: <laughs> that is a tough question. Skating advice to Connor McDavid. Yeah. I think one, keep doing what you're doing,
0: yeah, um, okay. and
1: I think I think, like you would be looking at using the mechanics situationally. So, like for him, maybe using more ten and twos, like Crosby, um looking at how you could because obviously, the skill there is there. Like he knows how to do the mechanics better than anyone else. So it would be applying the mechanics in different situations, maybe looking at mechanics that he doesn't use as often, like the ten and two, and seeing how he could fit that into his game. But I mean, that would just be, you know, talk to my out of my ass because he's putting up 65 goals this year um, yeah. and, and he's pretty good with what he has. So, so I'd say, I'd say, you know, like just, just situational looking at where you could add different mechanics and
0: yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's cool. Uh, well, great, uh, great answers. And thanks so much for sharing your story. Now, I know you had a couple of questions uh, prepared for me. So, um, yep. Feel free to fire away.
1: Yeah, and I, I ask the hard-hitting of hitting questions here.
0: Oh, you do? Um, <laughs> yeah, <of> course.
1: <laughs> let's start simple though. What's your vision for Train 2.0? Because I know, you know, a while ago, like there wasn't, it was kind of like a standstill in terms of getting Train 2.0 out there. You know, like you weren't really pushing as much, but now it seems like in the past couple months, you've really been going hard trying to expand the brand and, and get it out to the world. So what is your vision, you know, for Train 2.0 and where do you see Train 2.0 going in let's say the next five years, 10 years?
0: So I see Train 2.0 as, um, as, uh, and I didn't have the words for it at the time, um, but I've always seen it this way as being like a content company, like a, like a media company. Um, and what, much like you, I saw that um, there was no, very little like instructional um, sports content. Uh, and I was, yeah, like in a, um, I, I remember like I have like one book on like how to play hockey it was like a picture book this is like kind of pre-internet ish right and um, and uh, and I think my uh, uncle lent me a like a like a VHS of uh, Sean Skinner and like that was like my hockey instructional material and um, so my vision is to like have really great content and really great media that anyone can use to, to improve their game. Um, and just to make it interesting and make it fun and, um, also have it be science backed and, and in a sense, like evidence-based, right? So it's not just kind of whatever I come up with and it has no rooting in reality or evidence, but, um, actually like a system that people can use to like continually refine, um, their mechanics. So that's my like long way of saying that I've always envisioned train 2.0 to kind of be like the Netflix of hockey, a content Mm. media business that, uh, provides that, that instruction. And then I'd eventually like to have it. Um, and I think it's already done so, but, you know, permeate to be uh, a part of like local instruction. So not just a media company, but also, um, have local instruction and coaches and camps and stuff that runs, um, that, teaches teaches the drills um i think that's a a really cool opportunity that i'd like to have with like the air cover of like the media company um and then you know locally trained um coaches delivering it uh would kind of be like the the end result that i'd like to see that's awesome and how long
1: do you think it would take you to reach that like give me five years how how far are you in
0: five years i think five years would be good um you know, I think I've, I've shared this part like that, like, you know, personally, I run another business um, and train 2.0 is definitely my passion, uh, but the other business uh, grant me has taken up uh, a lot of time. Um, And I think what's kind of transitioned recently with train 2.0 is actually some of the growth that I had in my other business in terms of being able to hire and delegate. I was actually finally able to translate to train 2.0 train 2.0 especially when I just started, it was so wrapped in my ego and identity. So I felt like I was the only person that could do the things, like I could, I was the only person who could do the coaching or make the videos or like all those things. And my my ego was very wrapped in, in that. Um, and so what I kind of learned recent, recently is I'm, I'm not spending any more time on Train 2.0, but I did, I've done a better job delegating um, and I can still take that uh, further but i have been able to get more people helping and kind of united around a common vision and 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 clear and that requires me kind of unwrapping my ego from the product and saying no 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 this is actually not all about jason it's actually more about the movement and um you know the philosophy and the way of learning so that uh, train 2.0 isn't blocked by what i can do in a day but it's actually um able to to flourish much more so that's kind of what's you know prompted the um the resurgence in the last little bit is a lot of like my own personal development if that makes sense
1: yeah that does and i know you brought in omar's killing it also so it seems like you're doing a good job being, being more efficient with how you spend your time focusing on on the content the big ideas the breakthroughs and letting all of us handle the rest
0: yeah well it's just you know it's it's like hockey right like you, you you can't do it all on your own you can't just go end to end every time as much as I like personally like to yeah. do that like it's a yeah, lot of too. fun but um you got to rely on your teammates and um I wasn't doing a good job of that before um and uh and you know it's super cheesy but you know the the acronym for team is together everyone achieves more and it's like so true
1: yeah yeah you gotta pass the puck
0: you do, yeah. Yeah. i don't like I it but... my, yeah. yeah i think dude.
1: my teammates would say that too you know sometimes sometimes i hold it a little too long
0: yeah <laughs> that's that. okay all right
1: okay. <laughs> so maybe my next question here let's see what i have so how often do you work on your mechanics on your own like personally and what is it that you're working on currently
0: every day every day um but i'm only on the ice three days a week um and The, the main things I'm working on at the moment are, um, the very, like it, 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 like right, right now is, um, my ankle, um, articulation that's been really big. So I've been, uh, really practicing like getting inside and outside edge and then really having uh, ankle flexion. Um, and then shooting wise has been practicing with playing with the different eye behaviors of kind of looking at the ball when i'm not on the ice or the puck when i'm on the ice but going from eye to uh, to the target and then shooting so i'm like i'm training because what i realized was i had this pattern um from years and years of i don't know not knowing um of just kind of like kind of having my eyes be unfocused and just shooting um and what i realized i need to tr- I, is that i need to train my eyes going from the ball to the target and then releasing and I have to train that rhythm time and time again and um, uh, yeah so that's those have been my two biggest focuses recently
1: and we say like you work every day how much time do you devote to like your mechanics and, and what does that look like when you're not on the ice
0: yeah so it's probably about like 15-20 um, minutes a day and it's like I, I'm i with the floor ball stick and I'm usually downstairs in my parking garage but otherwise I'm upstairs. Uh, and just kind of, like, around my apartment. Uh, I go down to the parking garage so I can shoot the ball against the wall. Um, and then uh, and then if I'm just around the apartment, it's just I'm walking around on my heels while stick handling. <laughs>
1: so it's more, like, passively. Like, you're not scheduling in, like, a downhill skating session. You're just, like, throughout the day when you have the opportunity, you're playing the stuff.
0: No, I kind of do, like, schedule that in. Um it, like if I were to say like, you know, passively throughout the day, like that would probably, yeah. up. I, I wouldn't want to say that that's like much more time, but like, I just grab it and just start going. And it's yeah.
1: Fun. yeah, I think that that's also important. Like Frank coach Frank, if people don't know, he's one of the big trainers at trade 2 and O as well. And he coaches the elite program. And he's always talking about like 15 minute increments and inflection points. And you don't need an hour and a half training session every single day to get better. You just need to be putting some work in every day. With focus and attention, so like Jason said, 15 minutes every day with three ice times—that's plenty to you know to get going and, and make that improvement you want.
0: Well, and I I I think like um, one of the, what do they call it? They call it an autotelic experience. So if we talk about um flow, uh, I'll have to Google this what it what exactly it means, but um, telic meaning, um. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, when they talk about flow, which is uh, Mihal Czech sent me high, I think, is is the the researcher who talks about flow being in a flow state. So, flow is an autotelic experience where the act and autotelic means an activity or creative work which having an end or purpose in itself. So, it's like the you're not trying to like even achieve anything, you're just the experience is the experience, you're so involved in that I think as a, as a young player, I don't think I did that as much as I could have, like where I just got really into just the moment and just playing around. And I was like always trying to be so directed. Um, and one of well, the purpose of train 2.0 is to, just to unlock the joy from, from the game of hockey. And, um, I I feel like with downhill skating, a big part of, um, of that has been um, finding these more joyful movements that are like more fun and easier to do. And so I aim to do that with my training too, is like really play and have fun. And um, you know, if I was training to play professionally, I would be more directed and regimented, but um, I think that, that play and fun is super important and you. Shows up. no sorry there what is it? i said uh, i said you also it also is a lot of fun too yeah for sure
1: and maybe with that is like like do you think you're better now than when you played pro 100
0: I'm, I'm probably 100%. a little bit like i'm probably not as strong so like i would probably get I, i'd have to like redevelop that a bit um uh but like I am way better now than when I was playing pro. So that's we probably took. Probably have to get um a bit, maybe a bit faster, just in terms of like reactions, just because I haven't played with fast players in a while.
1: So like if we took your mechanics right now, took it, put it on twenty five year old Jason. Like, where do you think you'd be playing?
0: I think I would have played in the KHL instead of the VHL. Um, okay. I don't know if I would have been the best player, but I would have held my own. Okay. But I mean it's easy to like say that, but I but I'm definitely I'm way more because like the the, I think the big challenge that I faced uh I remember um I had this really amazing uh D partner in the VHL. He shouldn't have been in the VHL. He should have been the KHL by far. Uh he played in the A, his name's uh, Travis Earhart. He was so good and such a nice guy too. And, um, and he would, um, we played this one team that was, had a, had a very, uh, controlled style. Like they didn't chase in the forecheck, but I was so oriented around going forward that I couldn't like slow myself down and like kind of control myself laterally or forward to back. Obviously Travis had kind of downhill skating mechanics, so he didn't have that issue. Um, whereas I did. And I said to him one day, I was, like, or I was like, oh, I have a hard time against this team because they're not, I, I actually would do better with a scramblier, harder forechecking team because I could just outmuscle them and um, skate around them. I, but I had a hard time kind of controlling myself. And he's like, oh, it's easy. Just control yourself. Like, just slow it down. And I was like, well, that's easy for you to say. <clears throat> um, but like now I would, I would have no issue with that. That would be like the main difference that I'd, I'd be able to control myself and my forward movement a lot more. And those issues would be way less hard. Um, and I'd also be able to be more deceptive. I would, the Russians, they were so fast. So, um, and I was really fast. I was like peak physical condition, but it's not, it wasn't good enough there just to make one move. And then and get around them, you had to sh- have a ton of deception, and I didn't have enough of that then, but I would say that I have that now.
1: That's really interesting. All right, let's see. This one, this one, I'm gonna need names here. Okay, what's the highest profile player you have worked with? <laughs> Did you get that?
0: Oh no, sorry, I missed that. What was the okay. what was the, the, the that question?
1: Yeah. What's the highest uh, profile player you've ever worked with? Maybe you can't say exact names enough, enough of a hint for, for us to get it.
0: Uh, like literally I, I won't, but it was done through inter- intermediaries. Um, okay. Like, it's kind of like a funny situation, but um, <laughs> I've done, I've done work for players through intermediaries. Um, but um, uh high like yeah highest level players that i've done some work with has been uh nhl um and yeah i i won't go into names because i don't yeah. I, I don't have agreements <laughs> with them or anything but yeah. um i just want to be respectful of what what uh what they might be wishing of
1: course it was it was a shot in the dark there yeah <laughs> what about let's say how many points you say over or under 90 point player?
0: Um. Oh for like how many points have they scored? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, next question. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's see. See what's the biggest mistake you see with new trade 2.0 players or downhill skaters when they just first getting started?
0: Biggest mistake it would be biting off everything all at once. Uh and uh and then not thinking about uh like a one percent better uh, per day framework um that is the the main thing is just trying to do everything all at once like let it all soak in let it be overwhelming but um just know that your goal is to just get one percent better every day
1: yeah that's hard because like you get you get the knowledge and you think you could right away apply it but you know you can't you need no you need that increment i so, definitely felt that yeah um, so how lo- how much longer do we have here like, you know, uh, how, how long do you want this to be
0: we go like another 10 if you want
1: all right uh, let's go with like what do you think the importance is of playing tension-free hockey and
0: playing relaxed hockey oh the importance um Well, I think, and I, I think the one thing I would say that I've learned as we go is like, it's, it's not like completely tension-free. Um, you still obviously, And I, I think, I, I think i explain that often, which is that it's not like you're completely tension-free, but it's as tension-free as you can get.
1: Yeah. The unnecessary um, tension.
0: Yeah. No <laughs> unnecessary tension. Exactly. Um, And yeah, some of the benefits, I mean, um, less likely to be injured. If you're walking, it's just like, imagine if you're just walking around all day, all like scrunched up and super tight, you're just going to carry more tension. You're more likely to just fatigue your muscles and get tired, um, and then have those muscles pull. Um, so that's a big one. Um, the other is like fatigue, like just overall, like I've told this story many times where, When I was my last year university, um, I had just finished the like we just done fitness testing and I did the, I did the beep test, and I was the highest on the beep test and on the whole team. And and then my coach came up to me and he's like, (laughs) he's like, You're gonna have to do some cardio. And I was like, uh, how did you reach that conclusion? He's like, Well, after shifts, you're like, sitting there like breathing so hard and I was like so you think the answer is more cardio like I just finished top of the beep test and he's like yeah you so you gotta like ride the bike or something or other and I like now like looking back I'm like I'm wondering if he was like joking um but anyway that's what he said and I was like I was like oh anyway I was confused but um Point being is like, it, it actually wasn't that I was out of shape, like clearly, because I was top of the thing. It was that I was just so inefficient with my movement that I'd just be exhausted after every shift. So when you're tension free, um, you just literally need just enough tension to move. And then that allows you to be like the most efficient possible with your movement. So I think injury efficiency, which leads to less fatigue, all those things, um or better i could go into so much more but that was already kind of a long answer
1: yeah no i like all that all those points and definitely in terms of like efficiency and your movement you know just it's it's a lot easier to play hockey when you're not gassed you know and even like coming back from my my ankle injury like not skating for like two months like it's just i, I felt that fatigue again and it's like not as fun as that's yeah. what i say
0: yeah. well i think the one thing like i, I did say i was gonna kind of end it there. But like the other super important thing that I always talk about is um uh your 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 um your attentional bandwidth. So when you are observing your environment, like you have this bandwidth of your attention, right? And that allows you to either observe your environment or like really focus on your your internal movement. And for example, if someone was doing like a max squat you can't also talk, ask them like, Hey, like how many tiles are there in the ceiling? It doesn't work because all their like brain power is literally exerting force into the muscles. Right. And, but if you're just some, if you're on a walk with someone and you're like, Hey, how many birds are in that tree? They can easily tell you because they're not exerting. They're not, they don't have a ton of uh, like their attentional bandwidth used up. They can actually just like look around. So players that play with a ton of tension are exerting mental effort into their muscles and like, and and they're not able to then observe their environment. Players that have less uh, muscular tension are able to observe their environment much more, which means improved hockey sense, better ability to make plays, better ability to deke, read opponents, all those things. So that's kind of like the third benefit of uh, playing tension-free hockey.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And also, I, we had a question on the, the 2.0 call. Um, if you're not a member, I've obviously, join. But, like, you know, he was, wasn't was seeing the game well in practice, or he wasn't seeing the the game well in game. And in practice, you know, he was doing a better job. And, like, a lot of players that are, like, being practice players or whatever, it's like they're able to relax in practice and, therefore, see better, see the eyes better. And then the moment they get in the game, they get tense, they lock up, and then, you know, they can't see anything, they can't make the decisions, so all that stuff so that's a little caveat as well
0: yeah exactly
1: that's all I have in terms of questions I mean I have more but I think I think that's good for today
0: well that's great well we can definitely do uh a round two Spencer um you know thank you so much for one your questions like I thought they were great questions and uh and also sharing your story um what are your handles on social so people can get a hold of you
1: Yeah, you could just search at the downhill skater, not skier, skater. Um, (laughs) Instagram, I have Instagram, YouTube. um, That's where you could find me. And new video this Sunday. I don't know when this can be posted, but um, new video as of March 5th. That's Sunday. So hit like
0: and subscribe. Yeah, all that fun stuff. All that fun stuff uh, to follow along with the journey um and uh yeah thanks for your time Spencer no thank you I really appreciate you being on
1: yeah this was awesome I'd love to to join again and it was great chatting with you Jason and I, th- I think we've only able to we we're only able to speak once before you know one-on-one um, yeah over the phone call so this was nice just to chat and you know get your opinion and your views and all that stuff
0: yeah totally my pleasure